0: Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. We continue through the Word of God looking Uh, particularly at 1 Timothy. And we're at the 6th chapter. We looked at the first verse in the last episode, part of the second. So let's just back up and read that first verse again. It says this, All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. What was happening in the early church and what happens in the true church today is that people are being saved from all areas of society, from the lowest of the slaves to the highest of the kings, people are saved. We're in different places in life, but salvation wise, we're all one body. And so, what he's encouraging here is to tell the people who are slaves and that are going through that and in that arena, okay, that part of their life, or if that's where their entire life is that they're to have a certain attitude and that they are to honor their own masters. We talked about that a lot in the previous episode. The whole reason is so that the name of God and that the doctrine and the teaching of God will not be spoken against. Okay, will not be spoken against. The good news of the gospel does not acknowledge or recognize uh, caste systems or class systems. It is for mankind. Verse 2, he says this, "...those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more, because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles." So Paul is telling Timothy, make sure that you teach this stuff I'm telling you. Make sure you preach these principles, these understandings. And this right here is sort of a curious little verse, isn't it? He's saying those who are believers, who have believers as their masters, you must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren. The idea is this, that too often someone is a true believer who is the master, the boss, the foreman, the owner, whatever it may be. And a lot of times people will seek to take advantage of someone who's a believer, because they'll have the mindset, oh, well, you preach grace, you preach mercy, you preach faith, you preach love, and so you can't do that to me, because that's not very loving, that's not very merciful. You can't correct me, you can't fire me. They take advantage of the situation. We expect that from the world. The Spirit is telling us through Paul right here, we as believers definitely don't do that, okay? In other words, don't take advantage of the fact that you are brethren. Okay, If you have a working relationship and your boss is a strong believer and you're a strong believer, then don't take advantage of your boss because you are one in the body. And He actually says it. He says, what you really, he said, but you must serve them all the more. We should be even more driven uh, to serve someone, our boss, the master, whoever it may be to serve them all the more because we are of the same body, because we partaken of the benefits, because we are believers, because we are, as it says here in verse 2, beloved, because we are the beloved. But i tell you what, folks, so many within the body of Christ, and these are people who are true believers, okay, they're true believers, they take advantage of the faith of one another. They take advantage of that faith. We should never, ever do that. Okay? Never, ever do that. So let me continue with the next verse right here because this next verse, how long is it? It's one sentence and it's actually three verses long. I highly suspect we will not cover it all today. Paul continues, verse 3, 1 Timothy 6. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with a doctrine conforming to godliness, He is conceited and understands nothing. Well boy, that's up. Uh, <laughs> that's bold, isn't it? What he's saying? is in these things that I've been teaching you here in, in this letter. Now remember why Paul wrote this letter? You remember that he wanted to see Timothy He said, I hope to see you. But in case I don't get there soon, I'm sitting down and writing this to where you will know how the body of Christ is to live together. And he's dealing with a lot of these issues and explaining a lot of these issues. So he's telling them if somebody else comes along and they teach a different doctrine, if they teach a different teaching, if they say they have a different truth and it doesn't agree with these sound words then you know you got a problem. Well, what are the sound words? Well, he tells us the sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul would have never said in a type of thing, oh, it's just my word. Okay, you got to listen to my word. Even when he wasn't sure he would say that. He said in 1 Corinthians, he says, you know, this issue right here, this is what the Lord says. Another issue says, I'm not sure what the mind of the Lord is on this, but this is what I think. <laughs> well, the Lord left it in the scripture, which tells us that what Paul was thinking is what the Lord thought, though he wasn't sure about that. Here he's telling us the sound words are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they're not just any words. They're the words with the... um, Let me read the whole thing again. If anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness... So he's saying, if someone comes along and they teach a different doctrine, and it's a doctrine that isn't the one that conforms to godliness then this person that's teaching this is conceited and understands nothing. Quite often, that doctrine that conforming to godliness, the thing that would come against that, we see that a lot in the church today. And it manifests itself in a lot of different ways, but it basically communicates the idea, well, yeah, God knows that you're just a sinner saved by grace. I hear people say that, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. More often than not, they're sincere in saying that, but they don't realize what they're saying. Okay? Because that's not really, you say, well, that's what I really am. Uh, Well, you were a sinner. You were saved. You live under salvation. Now, if you're truly saved, you do not have to sin. The only reason you sin is because you choose to. You're not required to. Your body's not making you do it. You choose to do it. That's what the scripture tells us. So you've got to be careful of that because it's a great sounding phrase and people think it's biblical, but it's not. And so the, these little different doctrines start creeping in where people say, well, God knows you'll sin, and it's okay, you can do this, but he'll forgive you later. And he say, no, no, you don't do that. If someone does not teach a doctrine that conforms to godliness, the pursuit of godliness, then he is conceit, conceited and understands nothing. Let me read the balance of this sentence in these next two verses that describe who this person is that teaches a different doctrine. He is conceited, and understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between men of depraved mind and deprived of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. Oh my man, I know so many situations like this where the people, they teach a different doctrine and the bottom line with a different doctrine is that they suppose that godliness is a means of gain. That this godly life and this life where everybody views you as being godly and you look so good and everybody thinks you're so wonderful, the only reason you're even pretending to act that way is because it's a means of gain. A means of monetary gain a means of relational gain, a means of power gain. You see what the bottom line is with it? I tell you what, my time's up. Next time we'll come back and we'll look at this in closer detail as to what's being said right here. Paul is warning us. Watch out for people that teach a different doctrine like this that don't have a doctrine conforming to godliness. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again the next time. Goodbye.